What's up, everybody? It's KJ52. Welcome to the KJ52 podcast, episode number 12, featuring the homie Ofe. Uh, in this particular episode, we break down the recent um, two records that came out, uh, one being NF's album Perception and Lecrae's All Things Work Together. Not necessarily from an artistic standpoint, but from a sales standpoint. Um, I'll talk about this a little bit more in the podcast, but I thought this was just sort of an interesting juxtaposition uh, of artists who are believers making hip-hop in the mainstream. Also, I put a uh, bonus song at the end of this podcast. If you ever want to get these tracks, become a patron at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash KJ52. There's a ton. When I say a ton, like several albums worth of unreleased songs that I put on these podcasts that I put up there. And uh, when you become a patron, you get these tracks as downloads. Also, if you're ever interested in getting your music reviewed or feedback, uh, on your music, you can become a higher tier patron over there at patreon.com. Anyway, nothing about this podcast is meant to be pitting one artist against each other. It's not a judgment of their walk with God. It is literally just, it's just an industry thing. So don't look into it any more than that. Uh, I have, you know, personal relationships and friendships with both of those guys. So this is not a slight or anything like that. So again, I know anytime you put one artist against another, and any type of thing, people start lining up like it's civil war. That's not the point of this podcast. But I think it was a very interesting um, discussion on, I guess the best way to put it is tribalism in uh, in music. So, no further ado, check it out. Love you guys. God bless. One love. <clears throat> be crazy noise. I'm in what the Atlanta up? airport, so uh, no telling what could jump off. But uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you for jumping on at the very last second, meaning I just hit you a few seconds ago. That's right. You're the Superman of the you're, the you're the Superman of the podcast world. You were like, I'm I'm there. You ripped your shirt off. You're like, boom. You know how I do, bro. Light work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is light work. I bring, I bring the medicine, I'm, like et cetera, bro. You're doing you're doing you're doing three podcasts right now uh, simultaneously. Light work. For real? Well, uh, well, thank you again for jumping on. Appreciate it, man. Um, the KJ Podcast episode, I think we're 12 right now, uh, this is entitled, I don't want to call it NF versus Lecrae, because God knows they pit us against each other enough in this industry, <laughs> but uh, maybe we'll call this the, uh, why did NF outsell Lecrae episode, how about that? That sounds safe. There you go, that's less inflammatory. Um, so... I didn't really even think about this to even be a podcast until, and I and I say this because sometimes people think I have a hidden agenda, but I really, really don't. I'm I'm really not that diabolical, but I just happened to post <laughs> on my Twitter uh, after I kind of got the news. You know, look, you know, NF, his new album Perception, outsold uh, Lecrae's All Things Work Together, not just by a couple hundred units. I mean, it was by about something to the effect of 20 to 30,000 records. And awesome. that kind of, I don't know if it really surprised me as much as I was like, huh, you know, and again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a classic overthinker, but I really didn't have any particular, you know, dog in the fight except for just curious. And so I put on my Twitter, I said, Hey, why do you guys think NF outsold Lecrae? I thought I'd get like one or two responses. I got a hundred plus responses on Twitter, 
which is enough to make me go, I'm not putting this anywhere else because this will start. This will start. This will start a. You weren't expecting comments on that song? Crazy, man. Honestly, no, because maybe because I put it on Twitter and I don't do, you know, I don't get a lot of traction on Twitter. I, I don't, I don't uh, use it a ton, and I, I usually just use it to post random thoughts or things I'm mad about. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I was surprised not only how much response I got, but a homie in the industry actually called me because of it and shared his thoughts. Uh, he didn't really, he, he was my initial person I wanted to bring on the podcast, but I think he felt like it was a little too, uh, close to the chest. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I get so, it. I get it. So I was up for two and three. I was the number one. I get it. Wow. Well, I think because, wow. you know, some of the things he said, and to be honest with you, some of the things that, actually, a lot of the things that people said online were kind of racially, bi- racially, um, racially explained, I guess is the best way I could say it. And uh, oh, yeah. I have my thoughts on it. Mainly because I've been around, sounds like old man Jenkins talk, but I've been around long enough to see the changing of the guard in Christian hip-hop more times than I can even remember. You know what I mean? And even to an extent, myself being one of those changings of the guard, you know? Uh, And and also seeing, you know, the changing of the guard from me, so to speak. And it's kind of silly. I mean, you know, I've I've always maintained, like, trying to be number one in Christian rap is the equivalent to being the tallest midget. (laughs) But I don't really know if I can use that analogy anymore because the game really has changed. I mean, I used to say that back when we were struggling for relevance and acceptance, but the truth is, is, you know, we now have two guys who on one hand, you know, would not label themselves Christian rappers, but we we do have two guys that are professed believers hitting number one and that is a significant thing so that was a super long lead up (laughs) a super long lead up to this whole thing but um like i said i've seen the changing of the guard you know going all the way back to when i first got into christian hip-hop which was the early 90s i've seen it change over and over and over and over and over it's like this is actually turning into a weird Game of Thrones sort of episode. Not that I watched Game of Thrones, but <laughs> I feel like I feel like every any moment we need to have a clip that's like every king has his season and then he <laughs> dies. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I guess I guess what I was saying is because you know we are at a different point, and there's no there's no doubt to acknowledge that that the day that we'd ever see faith-based or rappers who are professing of a faith hitting number one on the Billboard chart. I can tell you, certainly back in the 90s when I was rocking this, we did not expect to ever see that. Yeah. You know, something we would talk about but never see, like the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot or something like that. Or Color TV. Or or Color TV. Yes. No, you're not that old. You're not that old. Yeah, I was gonna say back when we used to circle the wagons in a in a circle on the on the plains, <laughs> the pioneer women. <laughs> but you laugh, man. But I definitely, I can tell you, man, because I used to go to these things called they were called crewventions. They were Christian rapper united event conventions. Is what they used to call them. 
And it would be a lot of guys sitting around in a room and just really, like, talking about, one day we'll make it. You know, like, it was just it's kind of like a no. hopeless situation all at the same time. So, it's, it's anyway. Um, oh, my God. I, I would before I jump into kind of why I think NF outsold Lecrae this time around, and I also want to talk about maybe some of the things that other people said. I'm curious to hear your take because you obviously been you've been down with this genre for a little while. You've seen some of the uh, yeah some of the uh, the deaths of various uh, Leonidases and you know <laughs> and the death yeah. of Sparta. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Man, I got I got many. I have different reasons. I think that NFL sold the credit. Like, I'm not really shocked that he did, but um, um, I think it's a man. I think it's such a dope time right now in um in hip hop or Christian hip hop. But um, I think one thing that everyone is always going to mention anytime they think of NF, and I think you're the perfect person to talk about this too. Um, the the whole Eminem comparison. I think that played a big role too. And um, just the, uh, you know, NF coming coming up and getting this following, there's this curiosity. I mean, I remember, you know, discovering new artists and um, always comparing them to to secular rappers, like, oh, listen to this guy. He sounds like so-and-so, you know, and NF definitely captured people by his delivery, his demeanor, his backstory. I think he captured people. And I think one thing that NF has done really good is his branding has been insane. His branding mm-hmm. has been consistent. He, uh, everything has always been top-notch. Like, you know, when you think about Christian rappers sometimes, you know, initially when they first come out, they have they go through some of that, those rough patches on trying to establish, you know, okay, I want to be, be spiritual. Does that mean I can't really brand myself well because I'm boasting or that's too, is, is that too much of my flesh? You know, they go through those seasons, but NF from the beginning has been consistent with his branding, his graphics, his sound. It's always been top quality. And um, yeah. I think for me personally, I'm I'm not a huge fan of NF. I'm a fan of more more so his branding um, than I am his, his content and his, you know, his overall message. I'm, I'm just not like a, a big fan of him, but mm-hmm. um, I am a fan of how he's been branding consistently. And since the beginning of his, um, of his peak, you know, his albums, uh, you know, his songs, they, they may, they may sound different, but he still, he still maintains the uh, overall brand of, you know, as with Freddie, he's been going through, uh, you know, a different season in his career. And think, you know, being a little bit more outspoken, outspoken about his convictions and uh, new direction, better he wrote uh, to, to, to his fans. You know, I think a lot of that, you know, has affected his fan base and his following. You know, hmm. um, you know, I think his. He, if you look at social media, uh, you know, Lecrae has. I think he has a bigger, a bigger following than than NF does. But what I think that NF has over Lecrae is. The people that that are actually following him, these are people that have been loyal to his brand from the beginning and loyal to his brand right now. Whereas the Cray, you know, people that are following him, he was that he was that Christian rapper guy that you have to follow. But I don't think necessarily the the people that are following him on social media are are still fans of what the direction that he's going into right now. And I think mm-hmm. that shiftness of his direction um, artistically has hurt him um, yeah. with his sales. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
interesting you would say all that. So I think it – well, two things, for me at least. Um, you know, I've, I've known both of those guys before they ever became what they are now. So I met Lecrae probably in 05. He was literally a guy sitting in the audience at a youth pastor event that I was, like, the focus thing at. Um, you know, he had a record out, but he was – this was before cross movement and everything. And, you know, before he was, quote, unquote, NF, he was Nate. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was opening up for me at a festival in Michigan. And I was just, he was just, I, you know, I don't mean in a derogatory way, but he was just a kid sitting across from me at, at the food table while we were just hanging out, you know. And I saw him go from that to getting his deal with Exist and then that kind of fizzling out and then scoring the deal with Capital and then even watching that um, sort of take off. And it's funny because I remember sitting with him last summer and him sharing with me, he goes, hey, man, this is going to be like my last Christian show or whatever you want to call it. It was at Camp Electric, uh, which is a Christian rock sort of camp. And he was like, I'm just going full on into the clubs and things like that. You know, he's like, and, and I won't, you know, I'm not trying to like talk, tell our whole conversation. He just was like, this is my conviction. This is where I'm going. This is where I feel like, you know, things are going to happen. And I remember kind of at that show, it wasn't like this critical mass. It was definitely had fans, but not on the level that it was now. And, yeah, um, yeah. and then, you know, you fast forward a year plus later, and then the guy has the, the literal number one album in the country. I mean, that's, I don't care who you are. That's, that's a huge deal. You know what I'm saying? To go number one on billboard. Um, essentially, and, and it is funny you mentioned about the social media, because that is a good example of the fact that a large social media presence does not always translate into sales. That's you know right. What I'm you can have a social media presence. And it's funny for me, because now here, my social media level sort of tapered off. I'm not, I, I mean, I still get, you know, added numbers and things like that, but I hit sort of my ceiling at one point. And I'm still existing to an extent off that quarter million approximate reach. You know what I'm saying? So Mm. you would think that that would translate into bigger sales for me. But it doesn't because someone might have started following me on Twitter five, ten years ago. They might still follow me, but that doesn't mean they're so in tuned from a sales perspective. You know what I'm saying? Now, granted, I've shifted to a completely different model. I'm crowdfunding model. You know what I'm saying? I am not relying on sales in the stores. And for any, for all intents and purposes, I'm actually doing better probably than when I was, you know, in the, in the major label system. But my, again, my situation is unique, but you brought up a really great point. And and this is the one thing that I don't think anybody has really said because they don't have a a perspective on this because unless you're really in it, unless you experience this and only a few artists ever really get to this point is unfortunately the longer you're around, the less you sell. It, mm. You can study any, any artist that has a long career, whatever genre you want to look at. If the Rolling Stones put out a record right now, they will not sell what they sold at the height of their popularity in the seventies or the eighties. Right now, they will tour and play for massive crowds. They're still living off the base of their crowds, but there is it's a weird situation. It's like when when you're an artist with any longevity, 
the fans always demand new music, especially when you're super hot. They want new music constantly. But the funny thing is the more you do that, <laughs> you really kind of, you, you take away from your sales every time you do that, the farther the long, farther you are down the road. And I've seen yeah. that. I, I saw my sales peak right around five years, six years, seven years in. And then after that, it yeah. was all decline. It all began to decline. Not in massive amounts, but enough that I saw 20% decline each record, 20 to 30%. And then now I'm at a point where I've been around longer than some of the people that are in my audience. And when they go to find new music on me, they're staring down 11 different albums. And that's just, it's just sensory overload. They can't, no, you can't sit there and go through 11 albums, especially, especially when those albums are, might sound stylistically dated and things like that. You know what I mean? And yeah. I have people that still lock into me from stuff I did 15 years ago. They're still waiting for me to do Mountain Dew Part 2 or Deer Slim Part 3 <laughs> or like literally a guy last week, you know, God bless his heart, but he's like, hey, are you going to do Whoop Whoop? I'm like, that song is older than that kid standing next to you, man. Like, why would I do that song? Like, I don't even remember the lyrics to that song. And he was really disappointed. He goes, "Oh, I just, I just found, I just found out about you. That's like my entrance song." I'm like, <laughs> "You know, I have other music, right?" <laughs> You're like, can, "Can we switch that though? Can we switch that? Find another song." But you know what I mean, like, it, but it's funny because that's where he came in. That's what he connected with, and in his mind, that's where I'm still at. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Now that's not to say I can't introduce new music to him that I feel, you know, is better. But again, that's all relative. What's better is all relative. The only reason I'm saying this really long statement, because nobody factors in that Lecrae has now been around for, if he came out in 05, he's been around for 12 years? Coming up on 13 but would years? Lecrae, but would you say Lecrae had a better position than he was when he first started as far as the potential to sell more? See, that's that's, and that's part of the, honestly, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast, because you got to look at both of them. You know, they right. both had massive amounts of promotion. You know, they both had, you can't, because see, this is what people go, when one, some, one person sells the other person, then the fans of the other person always go, oh, well, he did better because he had better promotion. I don't know if you can say that in this case, because they're both in major label systems with. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that. But I'm saying that's what the fans will always say. So I, what I'm saying is they both have an equal starting point. Why would one do better? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. From a sales standpoint, you know what I mean? And and granted, you know, we got to also look at like sales in 2017 is not always the barometer of success like it used to be. But mm-hmm. I think the thing like I saw on Rapzilla and I think you did was that, you know, his previous release, which was only I think a year or two ago, to this release, I mean, the drop was something like 60% or something like that. You know? Wow. And that, to me, was the biggest indicator. Like, you know, is it that Lecrae, is it that Lecrae is selling, is it that NF is selling that much more, or is it that Lecrae is now selling that much less? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you also, like you said, it's a good point, is that you kind of have to look at it like a tribe. You know, each one of these guys are like the chiefs of their kingdom, of their little tribe. And their tribe, you know, can grow or shrink. 
and mm-hmm. the people in their tribe can have different levels of passion for their tribal leader. You know what I mean? Right. And right. And the truth is, I mean, let's. What's the saying that you know? Um, what's the saying like? Uh, contempt. What's it? Uh, familiarity breeds contempt. Right. The more familiar you are with something, the more you don't hold it in the same sort of value like you used to. And that's the funny thing I kept reading on a lot of the on a lot of the uh, the comments on my Twitter was like, yeah, I only really rock his older stuff now. I don't like this new direction. Like I don't want to listen to politically charged social commentary raps. That's not why I listen to rap. They're like, yeah. I want to listen to rap to be entertained. I want to escape. I don't want to be made to think. Which kind of a sad indication but i think there is a valid statement behind it too like i was always into political rap i came up under public enemy i loved having my worldview challenged you know yeah. but it's funny that most of my friends did not listen to public enemy and this is the real i don't even know if it's a racial thing but most of my black friends did not listen to public enemy <laughs> right I would be sitting here going, like, you don't like these guys? They're speaking to your existence way more than me. And they're like, nah, they suck. I want to listen to, and then just insert some party rap here. Well, yeah, like, growing up, you know, I was an underground head as well. Like, I listened to, um, you know, you know, Black Top, Most Dev, Talib, Kweli, you know, Mortal Tech. And I remember being in high school, and then people, you know, asking me what I listened to, and I tell them. And they say, yeah, but how do you get crunk, though? How do you turn up? Yeah. How do you crunk? Like, yes. What do you mean? Yes. Yeah. And I believe NF. Uh, I believe right now he's you know he's going up. He's number one. But I think NF is going to be confronted with that. You know what we were mentioning before. It's where he's been having the same type of message, the same direction. Yeah. That there's going to be a time as an artist, you're going to be like, okay, I want to do something different. But the fans and your, right. your listeners want to hold you captive to how you were these these past couple of albums. Right. You know. And yes, you're absolutely right. And see, that that is literally something I've had to wrestle with because your people want the funny, goofy KJ. Sometimes fans want that. They want Mountain Dew Part 2 and Coke Fried Cheeseburger Part 3, and they want another Deer Slim. And It's like me as a 40-year-old man, I do not see myself... What's that? I said, or Sons of Intellect. I say, I, I can't... Yeah, or Sons of Intellect. Oh, you name it. I mean, that's just the problem of being around for that long. And And I can't write those songs with a clear conscience. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I'm not in that mind state. I'm not that age. You know, it's like what what Jay Z say. You know, you like my older album, cool. Buy my older album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, or I like agree. Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. Da 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 and Kanye. You know what I mean? Like it's music is the only thing where it's like you go on a date with somebody, and then 15 years later they're like, I really wish you would just act like you did on our first date because that's the per- that's the version of you I like. <laughs> yeah. You know, which, I mean, uh, I, I can't sit here and be a hypocrite and act like I don't do the same thing. Of course, I listen to, you know, artists that I hold in high regard. I listen to their older stuff. I'll check out their new stuff, but I still go back to their older stuff. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I don't get super excited on a new Public Enemy record. 
I don't get super excited for a new Sting record. I don't get super excited for any of those guys, but their hits of their time resonate with my part of my life. You know? Yeah. And, I, yeah. and the term I heard, I heard I heard Nelly say this one time, of all people, the great philosopher and theologian Nelly uh, <laughs> of EIEI. He said, he said, um, he said, rap is a young man's game and an old man's survival. Mm. Huh. And I thought, holy crap, he is so right. And yes. you look at NF, who is still considered a young man. He only has three albums to, to most people. He has more than that. But whereas Lecrae is pushing 40, and he's on his, what, 10th album or whatever? Yeah. Wow. Something to that effect. And and you're right. But the other thing you you had said, which I, a lot of people I saw on Twitter say it too, was that, like, I don't like his new direction. You know, or people just went people just went right for the jugular, and they said NF doesn't talk about black white issues, and Lecrae does, and white evangelicals don't want to hear that. What do you think about that? Well, well, I have a I have a no for me like it's I have a challenge with that. You know, if you know if for somebody that that maybe legalistic is not the right word, but for the fans that that throw shade at Lecrae, right? I don't like the direction he's going. He's not really proclaiming Christ um, like he used to. I don't want to listen to him. But yet, they want to listen to NF. And I'm not throwing shade at NF. I'm just saying the reality of the music. NF is not throwing Jesus, Jesus in every song. NF is not making youth group Sunday evening, Sunday night music either. So for the ones that are throwing shade at Lecrae, my question is then, why are you listening to NF? You know, what has you so convicted the NF is out there, you know, proclaiming the gospel so clear. You know, I don't think it's it's totally fair or accurate to that you put that they put Lecrae at this certain standard that he's not meeting, and it's okay if NF doesn't. You know, and that's I think that's my challenge that I have that I have with them. You know, I think the the comparison that I that I make let's say with you Eminem and KJ, right? You Eminem and NF. They'll say that you they'll compare you to Eminem, but you're that you were the youth group at Eminem, right? Where NF, right. they would say, I want to listen to NF. I don't care if he's so negative, dark. Uh, I don't care if he's like that. Because he, he mentioned that he loves Jesus. He mentioned that he's a Christian. So it kind of gives people like this pass of, I can totally listen to NF and whatever he's going to say because he said that he's a Christian. You know, to me, it's like it doesn't really add yeah. up. You know, then it, it needs to go both ways. I mean, the phrase album title together, right? Delta Airlines requests that all passengers please be present at the gate. 30 minutes prior yeah. to your departure time. Please make sure to verify your departure. Yeah, you there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think you're also talking about two different tribes again. And I think that, I think what we have to kind of look at is the fact that these tribes are not with the same culture. So an NF fan does not have the same convictions or passion or thing that he wants to get out of or she wants to get out of the music that maybe a hardcore Lecrae fan would have. So I don't know if you can judge the two on the same yardstick, so to speak. Because the thing that I I was getting, again, from those that gave me feedback were like, oh, I just like his passion. 
and they're like, I like, you know, his real, his realness. And I like, you know, it gets me pumped up or whatever. Or actually it's funny too, because someone goes, uh, a youth pastor reached out to me. He said, uh, he said, Oh, dad asked me about NF and he's concerned that his music's too angry. What should I tell him? I'm like, I don't know. Do you want your kids to listen to angry music or not? I mean, this is a parent call. It's not like, <laughs> like, what do you want me to tell you, man? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's your call. It's not like there's anything vulgar or... or... Go ahead. I, I think I think you're I think you're right there. I mean, we, we, we both love hip-hop, right? And it, as we look at, you know, rap, we see the different kind of, like, sub-genres that are in there, right? You have that, the hype music, the crumb, you have the trap music, you have conscious hip-hop. Right. And um, I think, you know, right. NF and Lecrae are totally different. Like I guess subgenres of hip hop, you know, the uh, Cray is not making the really the type of music or in the direction that NF is going, right? But for someone to say, well, I listen yeah. to NF, I can't listen to Cray because they always put it in a spiritual level, right? Oh, because he's not repping Jesus as much. But I'm gonna listen to NF because I love his energy and he gets me pumped. It's like, but, how, but those aren't yeah. fair ways to to compare the artist. You know, does it make sense? Yeah. 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 Um, well, another thing somebody brought up was one one guy. You know, his whole response is, "Well, oh, NF selling more because he's white," and that was it. That was his whole answer. And I thought, well, but how does that apply when, right? You're laughing, and I'm laughing. I said, well, how does that how does that apply when he outsold them previously, every time? I mean, if just being born with you know a lack of melanin just automatically hands you a win in hip hop. I mean, for every one successful white rapper, there's a million that aren't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but I think there is a truth that, yes, we will always relate to people to some extent that look like us on a deeper level. There's absolute truth to that. And, and you know, and it's funny, too, because over the years, I, I can almost gauge who's popular in Christian hip-hop based on who fans or kids are telling me to go do a song with. Because I remember doing a Q&A at, just some, at rapping in some youth group, and they were like, the Q&A was, do you know NF? I'm like, yeah, I know Nate. I've known Nate since he was like a kid. <gasps> and you would have think I would have said like, hey, I have the president in the around the corner. You know what I mean? And they were, couldn't believe that I knew him. But see, that's the same thing they said about Lecrae to me. And yeah. that's the funny thing is once it started shifting, then I realized, that again, the 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 tone had shift shifted, and then the next question was always like, "Is he okay? He seems really upset." <laughs> oh my god, he's okay. He'll be all right. Um, the point of what I'm trying to say is, I've seen this happen. I've seen it, and I've even seen it in my own life when, like, when I won the Dove Award the year over Grit. I knew that was the year everything was shifting because up to that point, Grits had dominated the sales and the hookups and the shows and the awards. And once I saw that happen on that level, I knew that, okay, it's now happened again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I just think people saying, and, um, yeah, I sold the crate cause he's white and you be, you be right. Grits. 
if you're white, it kind of rem- it kind of like removes. It doesn't matter what NF did, regardless of his branding, regardless of his promotion, right? Regardless of his quality, it doesn't matter because he's white, so he can make money anyway. No, right. Well, and that's the low hanging fruit, you know. Like that's the easy explanation, and that's the easy way to dismiss somebody because you know they do the same thing when Macklemore beat Kendrick. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's the easy like any explanation. There's usually some truth to it, but uh, but anyway, man, I have to hop on this plane. I appreciate you, bro. Yes, Maybe All we'll right, do a part brother. two. I think we might have to do a part two. But uh, again, thank you, dude. Love y'all. Love you, podcast out. Straight up, I gotta say something, you white rappers. Stop trying so hard to be the next Marshall Mathers. Cause bottom line, if you're dope, that's all that matters. Just ignore the ignorant ones that wanna spit the ignorant chatter. The rest of some of y'all, straight up, y'all need to grow up. There's no need to freak out just cause a white rapper blows up. It ain't the end of the world, nobody's taking over. Hip hop's and black music gon' probably stay that way forever. The problem is white kids that don't respect the culture. They don't make you an artist just because you bought the sculpture. Appreciate the sculpture, bro, even promote it. Just because you built the house don't mean you own it. It's time for atonement and God's eyes be equal. It means whether you're black or white, bro, you spill my people. So take your eyes off man and put them on the I am. Cause in him, we all brothers now. Can't you understand? What should I say to you? What should I do to you? What do you want to prove? You just made the wrong move. Would you rather me be an A and R with the suit inside collecting?